Hey, Risto here at George Mason University. Um, we are here with Haley McCown today. Uh, she's at the University of Idaho, um, and we are doing another session of these uh, Academic Journey podcasts, and they are meant to kind of just share different paths to um, PhDs or um, professor positions, just kind of show how different people's uh, routes are. Um, and since Haley is an early career academic, uh, she just started at University of Idaho, we're going to dive more into kind of her pursuit of a PhD and um, kind of her journey through that part. So Haley, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, so Thanks for having me. So I guess the first question I have is, how did you even decide on pursuing a PhD? What was that process like for you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So I started out teaching, you know, physical education and health education in the public schools in Utah. Um, and I originally was like, oh, I love this, you know, profession. I love this career choice. But as I started teaching and getting, getting more into it, I realized that the outreach that I have is only, you know, particular to those schools that I was teaching at. And that if I continue on to higher education and I teach future teachers, um, I can have a even larger outreach and impact on um, the community and, you know, childhood health, mm -hmm. things like that. So I decided to, you know, pursue a master's degree, pursue doctoral degree, and essentially teach teachers in order to have a larger impact on bettering so, childhood health. Yeah, so you were in Utah. <laughs> Where did you get your master's degree then? Um, so I got my undergraduate at Brigham Young University in okay. Provo, Utah, and then master's degree from University of Utah in Salt Lake City. Okay. And then where did you apply for a PhD? Um, I applied to a couple different schools, but Dr. Erin Santeo had an opening for a doctoral student and she was currently at Wayne State University in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up going there for my first year. And then she, uh, after my first year, kind of towards the end of it, she said, hey, I'm looking to move jobs to University of Hawaii at Manoa. And she said, I can you know, secure funding for you if you'd like to join me. And I said, heck yes, I would love to go to Hawaii. And so kind of finished my fat last three years um, in Hawaii. Okay. So I, I want to go back to that, but um, okay. I want to kind of pin down, like, how did you, how did you find Aaron? How did you even like hear about this, this position at Wayne State? Yeah. So I kind of made the decision to start my doctoral position late. Um, so a lot of the application deadlines had already passed. I tried a university that was closer to home um, because I knew the faculty there. Mm -hmm. um, but that faculty member, you know, said, oh, actually, we already filled our position, but I know of someone who's looking. And so she referred me to um, Aaron Santeo. And so I said, okay, I'll meet her. You know, I did, I did one interview with her and then another um, faculty member somewhere else at a different university and decided to go the Detroit route, even though it was far away from home and a new adventure, um, I decided to go that route. Okay. And then was that, was that something that you wanted to study? Was that, was that alignment there? Or were you just like, get me a PhD so I can go in and teach at a university? <laughs> and I won't tell um, Aaron the story. She, she won't <laughs> listen to the podcast. You can yeah, be she doesn't listen to this, right? <laughs> Um, no, I think it was a lot of different factors. I really enjoyed the um, location of Wayne State University and the diversity there. Mm -hmm. I also liked the type of research that Aaron was doing, um, as well as kind of just, I think, 
me and Aaron kind of connected a little bit more than some of the other people that I had interviewed with. Not mm-hmm. to say that they're, you know, not great people. And I've gotten to know them better, too, as time's gone on. So I think I would have been fine at their universities as well. But I think it just... But it felt um, right. Yeah, for some reason, it felt right with mm-hmm. um, Aaron and ended up being great. So talk to me about the thought process when when your advisor, your year one, you just moved from, you know, basically across the country, you're settled in, you have a place to live, you have your courses, and all of a sudden she says, hey, I'm moving to Hawaii. (laughs) I won't lie, I was very shocked. Um, And it was right at the point where I started getting more comfortable with the environment and, you know, being by myself pretty far away from all my family and friends. Um, You know, I started finally making friends and getting a routine. And then one day, she'll probably be mad at me for sharing this, but she had me meet her at a Panera Bread in the middle of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And she's like, okay, I have some news. And then she said, um, you know, her husband's from Hawaii. So it's kind of been a family plan for the, of theirs for a long time. So I was really happy for her that she had the opportunity. Um, I was a little sad just because I knew I'd be starting over again, not knowing anybody. But at the same time, Getting my doctoral degree in a place like Hawaii just sounded really fun. Um, Michigan is a great state, but I'm more of an outdoorsy person, and their outdoor life there is a little different than what I'm used to. So mm-hmm. um, overall, it was a good decision, I think. Right. So how, how does that work in transferring credits? Because obviously you were taking coursework. Did those credits transfer for you? Was that like, did you, you didn't start over, start over at zero, right? Yeah, um, the courses, for the most part, carried over. Um, I did have to take some, like, over summer months or, you know, the first part of summer semester type courses. Um, I took a couple times I had to take overload with courses or just kind of repeat classes Mm -hmm. due to um, university requirements, things like that. But overall, it actually was a pretty smooth process, so not too bad. So, and since you are recently at University of Idaho, I'm going to make the assumption that you conducted a dissertation in the middle of a global pandemic. Is that correct? That is correct. So talk to me about that process. Were you already collecting data once kind of school shut down and things shut down or were, had did you have to do your dissertation from, from the beginning or how, how did that work? I actually feel really, really lucky. Um, I've talked to other people who had the same dissertation during pandemic experience, and theirs sounded like a complete mess. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was really lucky because I had originally planned to have data collection that doesn't require me to be in anywhere or get special permission. You know, I didn't have to go into the schools. Um, It it was all done remotely regardless. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how that happened to line up that way but I, I feel really lucky that it did because it didn't really put a delay on it as much as I thought. Okay. Um, and then getting your job at Idaho was there, did you apply to a bunch of different places and this is just what fit or were you kind of focusing back, getting closer and closer? Cause you know, Utah and Idaho are relatively close. Like, did you want to move closer to family or? Yeah. So my, Family's originally from Arizona, so most of them are still over there. Mm-hmm. Um, my job search, I kind of picked and choose where I thought I would thrive the most based on location and, you know, job requirements and things like that. 
So I didn't apply to every single job that I saw. There were a lot of great jobs um, that I was going to apply for just because it was a great university, great program. But when I thought about it longer, I, you know, had to pick and choose on what I thought would be the best environment. Um, Because even being here in Idaho, although it's pretty close to Utah and Arizona, it's still like a 24-hour drive. (laughs) That's how far north. That's how far north we are. So it's not necessarily that it's closer to family and friends, but just the environment um, and the way that things run here on the western side of the United States is a little bit more what I'm used to and what I grew up with. So did you have a geography? uh, Like, did you consider international jobs? Did you only consider jobs in specific states or R1s versus non-R1s? Like, was there... Did you ever kind of like write that, write that down on a piece of paper and say, these are the places I would not go to? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually applied to some universities that were, you know, only teaching and less research. Mm-hmm. But um, in the end, it was, you know, I kind of drew a line in the middle of the United States and said, OK, I'll probably apply as far east as Texas and mm-hmm. above. Um, <clears throat> and in regards to what kind of university, I, I tried to keep my options open. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted, but I felt like if I applied to the university and it felt right, then it would, you know, be the right choice. Yeah. And also a tough, uh, tough environment to go job hunting when all these different universities kind of shut down their searches. So I know that the year that you went up for like finding jobs, they, not everybody was hiring. So I know that that was probably a constraint there as well. Yeah. And it was one of the saddest parts was while I was at Wayne State University, I was involved in some of the job searches, you know, and the um, candidates would come in and teach our classes or we ate lunch with them or things like that. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited for the interview process. You know, oh, I could go visit. I can eat lunch with their faculty, (laughs) do all these different things at the campus university environment. But then, you know, COVID changed all that and all of my um, every single one of the jobs that I applied for was via Zoom. And so that was just a whole different headache. And I was really sad about it, not just because I didn't get free lunch, but, you know. Yeah, well, it's it's very, totally it's different, very different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that, that you were actually going through all of those. Because, I mean, most first steps are now Zoom, and then you get the on-campus interview. Um, but that's, yeah, that's definitely different to be able to, get a feel also for you to get a feel for the university and the area and you know get to fly out and look at the community that you're gonna teach in work in um so you missed out on that yeah i was i was really glad because university of idaho set it up to where i could come visit um but that wasn't until after i you know verbally accepted so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was kind of a shot in the dark and kind of like oh i hope this works out (laughs) but um, yeah, the Zoom interviews were like, I thought Zoom fatigue was real before, but, you know, we started our interview process at like 830 in the morning and I didn't finish until 5 p.m. So wow. it was literally all day on Zoom. I had breaks and um, you know, University of Idaho or all the universities that I applied to did a good job of, you know, giving me breaks, um, making it a little bit more interactive. But <clears throat> in the end, you know, at the end of the day, it's all on Zoom. So it's pretty tiring. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I, again, didn't think about that from the candidate's point of view, because even being part of 
Zoom interviews, you're only one step in a hiring committee. You know, you have that one part, but obviously you're yeah. meeting with deans and, and department chairs and students and grad students. And so interesting. So yeah. let me ask you this as a, as a final question. What, what type of research do you do? Like what is your kind of interest and why, why are you interested in that topic? Yeah, so a lot of my research is based on the comprehensive school physical activity programming. Um, I've learned that some people pronounce it CISPAP, some people pronounce it CSPAP. It mm -hmm. might differ depending on where you are in the country even. <laughs> um, but that's a main focus of where my research is kind of the umbrella term. Um, but underneath that kind of goes into teacher preparation. Um, I'm really interested in bettering our teachers. Um, I feel that that's super important right now, especially with everything going on in the country in regards to our programs. Um, so that's kind of a brief snapshot, but mm -hmm. overall it has to do with the CISFAP. Okay, awesome. Well, um, I, I think this is a great short introduction to you, your kind of journey, your research line. I know once your dissertation's out, we're gonna, we're gonna get you back and um, get you to talk about some of your CISPAP. I think that's how I say it, CISPAP. <laughs> you don't uh, even know now? <laughs> yeah, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, how do I say it? Uh, so I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on uh, once those uh, papers are, are, are impressed. So uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's a little bit more pressure for me to get to my writing, right? Exactly. <laughs> thanks, Tristel. Thanks. If you're still listening, you're probably really into health and physical education. So I'm going to use this opportunity to pitch our master's program to you if you don't have your master's degree yet. Um, our 100% online master's degree program we offer at George Mason is affordable. You can do it while teaching, and it's high quality. Um, Mason was listed as one of the top 50 universities under 50 years old in the world. Our education department was ranked in the top 10 nationally for the online master's degree program in curriculum and instruction. The master's degree uh, revolves around your teaching. So you'll use assignments from the classes to immediately apply research and best practices to your classes. You'll be part of a tight-knit cohort of health and physical education professionals who are passionate about teaching. You're also gonna get an opportunity to interact with students in other content areas. So if you're interested, you can email me, look me up on Twitter, or you can go on the hpewebsite.com under study with us and watch a video that I've made.